Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook, it's In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I want to thank you very much for making my day in the sun so memorable. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m. on a Friday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, and we are live. I'm sure you can hear... Uh, the background here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel because it is on, it is popping. You got March Madness going on. Everybody's in town uh, to take in all the games, have a little fun on the side. That's what it's all about. I got Chattanooga against Illinois. I got Virginia Tech, Texas. There's games all over around me. It is a tremendous scene. Uh, if you haven't been to the Golden Circle, uh, it's inside the Treasure Island Hotel and Casino. Great food and drink specials, live sports, horse race betting. Uh, the bar and Benny kiosks are open 24 hours, located right off the casino floor. There's always free parking at the Treasure Island Hotel. It's all fun and games at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. And tonight, in particular, with March Madness in t- uh, here going on, and uh, definitely, that's a Las Vegas thing, you know that. But we're talking also about the Las Vegas Raiders, and everything that's going on and has happened already uh, this week. Man, talking to a lot of people in the NFL, a lot of reaction uh, throughout the NFL about um, what's been going on with the Raiders. I had a general manager um, of, a, uh, of an opposing team through, you know, uh, in, in the NFL, and he told me he was in a public setting yesterday. I can't say exactly what because people might figure out who I'm talking about. But anyway, he was in a public setting. When news broke that Devontae Adams was getting traded to the Raiders. And he told me, you know, because of where I was, I couldn't exactly say what I was thinking and what my reaction truly was. Because my reaction was WTF exclamation point, question mark, question mark, exclamation point. Yeah, that's the kind of reaction and it's pretty much the league-wide sentiment about what is going on with the Raiders right now and the boldness and decisiveness, how they're acting, how they're operating. And I'm going to just say this. You can legitimately talk about the Raiders now as Super Bowl contenders. I'm not going to say that they're going to win the Super Bowl. As we talked about yesterday, a lot has to happen for that to happen, including good luck, injuries, uh, you know, being on the right side of that. Uh, There's a lot of... Uh, factors that play into who actually wins the Super Bowl or not. We saw the Rams win the Super Bowl last year. It could have easily been the San Francisco 49ers. It could have easily been the Cincinnati Bengals. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a chance to beat the Rams in the first. There's a lot that goes into it um, that goes above and beyond just the talent. But here's the thing. You can legitimately talk about, right now, the Raiders as Super Bowl contenders. The season's going to play out the way the season plays out. But talent-wise... Yes, they are in that discussion. Don't take my word for it. Uh, Here's Rob Ninkovich on ESPN earlier today talking about that very thing. Let me get Ninkovich in on all of this. Ninko, what do you make of it? All I know is Josh McDaniels is like Dennis the Menace with the with the slingshot. He's pulling that thing back. He just shot the Vegas Raiders to the front of the line because of the fact that he's going out. He's get he's he paid Max Crosby right, Mad Max. He's got Chandler Jones on the other side. You go get Devontae Adams. You talk to him. You say, listen, okay, here, you know what you're going to get in Vegas. 
You know the quarterback. There's not going to be any issues. He's not going to be wanting $60 million a year, right? I think what happened in Green Bay was Devontae Adams is sitting back. He's looking at this whole thing with Aaron Rodgers and the whole, all the focus was on Aaron Rodgers. Nobody was talking about Devontae Adams. Everyone was just like, oh yeah, Devontae Adams is going to want to be there because mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is there. Well, hold up, hold up, hold up. At the end of the day, especially now, we know that the, that football is only a, a year-to-year thing. You got to get exactly what you need for your family. You got to mm-hmm. go get paid. So he's like, "Listen, Aaron Rodgers goes says it's not about the money, but then now he's making fifty a year, hundred fifty guaranteed. <laughs> what about me? What about me? What about the guy yeah, that's Green Bay what about up. the guy that's catching the ball? Because last time I checked." You can't throw it and catch it for touchdowns. Like, you need that other guy to catch the football. That's what so, said. Devontae Adams, you just went to Vegas, and guess what? Vegas, to me, they're Super Bowl contenders now. With that pass rush and the offense that they have, I'm telling you. Yes, and uh, I'm right there uh, with Nick. This is a Super Bowl contending team, and I got to say this, too. Um, I know that some of what the Raiders have done this week, and it, and it started with Chandler Jones. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody had Chandler Jones on the Raiders' radar, but they were from the very get-go. And as we turn, as it turns out, talking to Chandler Jones yesterday, it's kind of a lifelong thing. He'd been admiring the Raiders from afar for a while. But that it happened now, this year, this week, and the Raiders following it up by making a decisive trade for Devontae Adams, then paying him more money than any non-quarterback has ever received in the NFL. It mark you should you should mark this day down on your calendar or this week down on the calendar because this is where it turns. It's been leading up to this. It's going to get even better. Trust me. In about a year or so, when things are really churning with um, Allegiant Stadium and and where the Raiders are right now in their new market, and more and more cash and money and revenue streams become available to them, which it will. It's going to be even more decisive, more bold. Um, and, and this was all part of the plan, and it really was. And so for anyone that's surprised by this, I get the casual observers, you know, the New York Giant fan uh, who's living in his world or her world or, uh, you know, the New England Patriots. They're, they've got their mind and focus occupied on the teams that they root for. So they're not paying attention necessarily 24-7, obviously, to the Raiders. But, but for either Raider fans or Raider observers or, um, you know, uh, Raider people interested, uh, you know, in the Raiders, for them to be surprised, I just have to say you weren't paying attention or you just chose not to or you just didn't want to. You know what I'm saying? Because this was all part of the plan. When Mark Davis and the Raiders talked about getting a new stadium, finding and securing their longtime home, whether it would have been in the Bay Area, Los Angeles, or as it turns out here in Las Vegas, the key to everything was securing that future somewhere and building a brand new modern stadium that was going to be able to create revenue streams, new revenue streams that all the other teams in the league that have gotten new stadiums over the years are able to, were able to tap into. All right? We've talked about this before, and now you're starting to see everything come to fruition. This wasn't a money grab by Mark Davis and the Raiders to, you know, uh, build a new stadium. 
It was literally to be able to compete and keep up with everybody else in the NFL the way the Raiders have always envisioned themselves and have always um, looked at themselves. All right, It got away because that stadium situation, and I can name a bunch of other teams that have been in that situation, the Chargers, the Rams in St. Louis, uh, Minnesota when they didn't, you know, before they were able to get their new stadium uh, situated. It matters where you play and what the stadium is able to do for you and the market that you're working in is able to provide as well in a nice partnership. It all plays into it, and that's all the Raiders were ever wanted to do was find their place, their home, their market, and be able to compete financially with their competitors. And that's what's happening now, and Mark Davis has been true to his word. This was part of the plan all along, and if you, again, are surprised you weren't paying attention or you refused to, and there are a lot of people out there that just refused to. I'm going to tell you a story a little bit later on uh, about, about, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but a person who was just flat out, this is never going to happen, he's never going to be able to pull it off, and, and I'll get to the bet that he tried to make with me, which I declined, but the promise he made and has never fulfilled um, because he was wrong and flat out wrong. And I kept telling him, as a reporter, you're wrong. You're not seeing this correctly, but I'll get back to that in a second. Here's the thing. This is a text that I got from an NFL executive last night um, regarding what the Raiders are doing. You have to get and pay great players to win in this league. Being decisive on big ideas. You have to do it. That's how you win in this league. And you are defined by that. That's how you're defined. And the Raiders are doing exactly that. It's all part of a plan. It's coming to fruition. For Raider fans, I'm very happy for you because the owner, Mark Davis, this is what he had in mind all along. And it wasn't just to you know, put his team in a better place. It was to reward his fans, the Raider fans, Raider Nation, because you've stuck with them through thick and thin. And you deserved better, but there were a lot of complications and politics and all sorts of things that were working against it for a lot of years in the Bay Area, and I'll even say in Los Angeles. That's all been eliminated. That's all been taken care of. And now the Raiders, to me and to people in the NFL, are beginning to regain their swagger, their prominence, their clout, their place, where they were always had always been prior to a lot of these new stadiums opening up and, 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 and some, some other factors. But now they're back, and they're acting the part, and they're being uh, making good on their pledge to reinvest in the team and start chasing championships and being one of the bold, decisive uh, franchises in the NFL. And it really is cool to see. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line because Steven in the 209 is on the line. How you doing, Steven? How's it going, baby? How's it going? I'm doing good, man. Hey, I just Oh, man, I, I can't hear you, my man. Damon, if we could get him back, uh, that would be that'll be great. Um, you're listening to uh, In the Huddle on Raider Nation Radio. We are live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook um, at the Treasure Island Hotel. Let's give it a try again with Steven in the 209. Hey, Benny, can you hear me now? I got you, brother. Hey, how's it going? I'm good, man. 
Yeah, I, I noticed a little more pep in your step the last uh, 24 hours. Same with Q and everyone else. But, um, yeah, man, I just want to say, you know, growing up in the Valley, in Stockton, you know, following Fresno State, I think we got a new name for these guys, the Desert Dogs, <laughs> you know, with uh, K and uh, DC together. But uh, I just want to know what you thought about, you know, the national media reaction. You know, I jumped on uh, YouTube this morning when I had a break at work and, you know, wanted to see, you know, wanted to get that due praise for, you know, the Raiders. And all I could keep talking about was the Packers and, and how, you know, the reaction was there. But uh, also just a couple more questions. What about Gilmore? I've heard some stuff about Wagner, maybe Tyron Matthews, the Honey Badger. Um, I'll let you take it from here, buddy, but uh, really excited and uh, can't wait to see, uh, you know, uh, the stadium next September. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and thanks, Stephen, uh, in the 209. Appreciate the call. Uh, I think the national reaction um, was positive, uh, absolutely, 1,000% positive. I think there's some surprise that the Raiders are acting this way. Um, and operating this way, and and I understand that. I get that. Uh, like I said, not everyone can focus twenty four seven on on uh, on another team or all the teams, you know. But for anyone who was, in my case, covering this since about two thousand and fourteen, or for the fans out there that um, that that were following this, if you were listening and really listening and listening with an open mind. Mark Davis and the Raiders explained it succinctly day after day after day after all those long years of trying to secure that stadium of why they wanted the new stadium, why they needed a new stadium. And it wasn't to line their pockets. Trust me when I say that. It was to be able to compete for Super Bowls in a way that their colleagues had an advantage over them because they were open and um, – uh, they, they, their stadiums were giving them revenue streams that they were able to tap into. And, you know, that extra money that you get, that goes a long way. And now the Raiders are right – not only are they right there with them, in, in, a, in a few years, this thing's going to be a top-five revenue team, the Raiders are. And so the world's – as much as it's changed already, it's going to continue to change. And um, I think it's in good hands with, and with Mark Davis and – you know, uh, uh, the clip that we heard from ESPN, they were giving a lot of credit to Josh McDaniels, and there's no doubt that Josh McDaniels gets a lot of credit as well, as does Dave Ziegler. It takes a lot of create creativity um, and persistence and all the qualities that you're looking for to pull off what they've pulled off. But this really even goes beyond them. In fact, they're part of this new world that the Raiders are operating in. When you think about the fact that and I wrote about this in an article today in the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Um, when you think about Josh McDaniels, who had overtures over the years from other teams, it's just a fact that he did, um, to go coach their team. And he always declined. We all know what happened with the Indianapolis Colts. But there were also plenty of other uh, opportunities where teams reached out to him through his agent and to gauge interest. And he was always, nah, I'm good. No, nope, I'm good. You probably didn't read about it because it never got to the interview process because it was nipped at the bud before it got to that point. But there was always interest in him over the years. There's a reason why this is the job that he decided, I'm going to pursue this job. This one makes sense. This is where I want to be. There's something special going on over there. There's something different going on over there. 
So Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are examples of this new way that the Raiders are operating. Now, they're going to take it from here in a lot of ways because they're going to be the brain trust and, you know, uh, pick the players and, you know, coach them up and all that. That's a very important, obviously critical uh, aspect of it. But they are really kind of a product of a bigger issue thing, and that's just the way the Raiders are saying, hey, Josh McDaniels, we want you, and this is what we have to offer. And just take a look around. Let us talk here. And here's the thing. Josh McDaniels, one of the great offensive minds in the game. He's like, you know, whatever you want to say, the guy is an excellent coach, all right? And we'll see if it's going to translate to being a head coach. But there's, there's nobody more meticulous or detail-oriented than a guy like Josh McDaniels. It's his job to be able to analyze his own team uh, or, in the, in the Patriots' case, his own offense and then look at an opposing defense and detect the strengths and then detect the weaknesses uh, and size it up and how are you going to attack it. That's all details. That's all um, diligence and study and, you know, being on top of it and getting a handle on things, yourself and the opponent. Well, when, when, when a job comes along, like let's say the Raiders' job, of course he's going to attack the Raiders situation just like he would an opposing defense trying to get a handle on things is this you know the dynamics change but not the uh, deep dive that he was going to take that he would take against the New York Giants or whatever defense he's playing against that week it just so happened that okay let me take a look at what this is all about let me take a deep dive into this let me get the details to decide whether or not this is something that I want to pursue And you know that a guy like Josh McDaniels is going to go to the bottom of the ocean trying to figure everything out and get the best possible handle on things. And he did. And when he came back up to, uh, you know, above sea level to the surface, he decided that's what I want to be a part of. That is a product, a byproduct, and an example of what I'm talking about, about where the Raiders are right now. I don't think six, seven years ago, Josh McDaniels or a coach of his caliber necessarily, you know, it might have looked a little bit differently at the Raiders. It's just the way things were at that time. Now it's completely different. And so when I'm talking about this, you know, he gets all the credit in the world, Josh McDaniels, for uh, he and Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly uh, for, for helping pull this thing off. But this goes above them. This is Mark Davis, Dan Ventrelli, uh, the, the, the organization that they're building um, from top to bottom, really. And there's names that you've never even heard of that have been assembled um, over there in Henderson that are all part of this. And it's just a different way that they're doing things. It's bolder. It's more decisive. And frankly, I think it's going to lead to some championships. So we shall see. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Mike is in Inglewood. How you doing, Mike? Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Long time. First time calling, man. You guys are awesome. Appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm on Palm Springs. Shout out to all my customers, drivers, and y'all on the road. Uh, I'm that for that real quick. I'm very ecstatic. I didn't see Chandler Jones, but what the Raiders are doing is so smart. Let's start with the defense and uh, beat the Chiefs first by knocking off the, uh, Travis Kelsey block. You didn't just see Max Crosby on the other side. It was just amazing. I think it's awesome. And then they just brought in uh, they brought in Devontae Adams as a Christmas gift for uh, for Carr. You don't even have to worry about chemistry. Oh man, it's amazing. That's amazing. And last thing, real quick, hey, how do you text the uh, seven hash line? You got to put in a code word or you just put in the text number for the. Uh uh, stay on the line, and demo- uh, uh, I'll have I can demo- tell them right now. Okay, I'll go for it. Six nine one eight seven, and then okay. when you type, so that's the number that you're going to text. 
and then we'll, as you start your message, R and R first, and then go okay. then do the rest of your message. There you go. All right, man. Appreciate y'all. Y'all have a blessed day. You too, brother. Give my love to Englewood. I love Englewood. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listen line. H in Al Albuquerque. How you doing, H? Thank you, man. This is so exciting. You know, I. If the Raiders had just fixed the offensive line, which, you know, they still got that to do, we would have a very good offense. Adding Devontae Adams to the mix really supercharges it. Makes it so dynamic. The AFC West is going to be so exciting to watch this year. And Mark Davis cannot say enough good things about him. Since day one, when he, his initial presser, when he took control of the team, he's made nothing but astute moves. Just like another guy who took control and legitimized the family business in Vegas. He's like Michael Corleone. That's who Mark Davis is. Hey, it's so funny that you should mention that because uh, I wrote, I remember writing a column when um, the NFL greenlighted the Raiders move to uh, Las Vegas uh, back in, what was it, 2016 uh, at a uh, owner's meeting in, in Phoenix, uh, Arizona. And I, I literally wrote that he became a main man that day um, in the NFL. Uh, and you know the reference I'm talking about, the godfather, Michael Corleone, all of that. And the reason I said that was because, you know, he gave the NFL a deal. He put together a deal uh, along with Dan Ventrelli, uh, along with, uh, you know, others that were in the organization at that time without question. It was a group effort. A lot of people had a lot to do with that. But they presented the NFL with a no-lose proposition. Like, it was an astounding deal when you think about it, what they were able to accomplish, all right? And owners were impressed. I mean, that was like he became part of a real genuine part of the ownership club at that point. He became a made man by what he pulled off just to get the state involved, the contribution and the partnership from the local politicians, the local business community, the on the state level. That is impressive stuff. It's really impressive stuff. And it doesn't just happen. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of uh, ingenuity, intelligence, teamwork, um, everybody rowing on the same, uh, in, in the same direction. And the rest of the NFL, and I'm talking about 31 other owners and a commissioner and everyone else, was like, wow, that is impressive. They couldn't say no at that point. Even if they had wanted to, which they didn't, but even if they wanted to, if, if they had any reason to say no, there was no way they could have. It was too good of a deal that the Raiders put together. And on that day, Mark Davis and the Raiders, Mark Davis himself, became a main man in the NFL. Straight out, exclamation point. I remember writing about it. It was a fun uh, column, actually. We are in the huddle, live at the Treasure Island Hotel. The Golden Circle Sportsbook. It is popping over here. There's college basketball all over the place. We've got Wright State, Arizona, number one seed Arizona in the South in the South region coming up. Uh, come on by. Great food, great drinks, free parking, of course, at the Treasure Island Hotel. We're here to four to six, but this place is going to be happening all night long. You're in the huddle. Vinny Bonson, you're brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, it's one of those kind of days, and we love it. We're here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel and Casino. Great food and drink specials. Live sports. Uh, you can bet on the horses. Uh, you can you can bet on everything, obviously. It's a sportsbook. But right now, it is March Madness, and we've got games everywhere you look. There's a bunch of televisions, great food, great drinks. Uh, the bar and betting kiosks are open 24 hours it's located right off the casino floor, so just walk in, take a few steps, and look to your left, uh, and you're at the Golden Circle Sportsbook. The parking is free. It's a Treasure Island Hotel. It's all fun and games at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Come join us. We're here till 6 o'clock. But this place is going to be crack a for the rest of the night and the rest of the weekend because it's March Madness, baby. Uh, out to the Raider Nation listener line, we got Bernard on the line. How you doing, Bernard? Hey, Vinny. How you doing? Doing good, my man. Hey, I just want to say a couple of things. One is, uh, I, I, I was telling Demond, I appreciate uh, you guys letting him speak a little bit more on the radio, man. One thing is, you know, he's younger, so some of his takes is kind of, you have a point, and sometimes like, what the heck is he talking about? But I love hearing him, and he do a, he do a great job behind the scenes also. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, for, and uh, really, I know you heard of the saying, the truth hurts, right? Uh-huh. And, um... I think somebody called in yesterday. I can't remember who it was. And he was talking about how some of these things that are happening wouldn't happen in Oakland. And I, I'm from the Bay Area. I grew up in Oakland. And a lot of the fans, you know, that call into your show are from there and, and also other places. But it's the truth, man. It hurts. These things that, that are happening, they wouldn't happen. Uh, they wouldn't happen in Oakland. As much as you hate to see them leave, I'm glad to see them prospering. You know, that stadium, I had season tickets there. And, you know, it just it wasn't up to par. And they couldn't get the players and make the moves that, 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 they, are make, that they are making now. So, I mean, it, it's too hurts. That, that's, that's just how it is. But we want to see them do good. And a lot of my, I got friends that, got, that are Buffalo Bill fans, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. And we got to see the Raiders near the home team. You know, so we were, you know, in a way, football, football blessed. Get to go, you know, every other Sunday to see our teams play and only have to drive a few hours and not have to go across, you know, the country to go see a team play. Yep. And uh, Devontae, great signing, man. And one more thing. I'm going to equivalent. This is kind of the equivalent of uh, the Warriors getting Durant to a certain extent to me because I knew Durant was good, but until he got to the Warriors, I got to see him play all 82 games. I was like, man, now we get to see Devontae all 17 games. We really going to see how much a difference maker this guy is. It is going to be fun to see because Jacques McDaniels is one of the best. I, I just can't wait. Yeah, a great call, Bernard, and I'm right there with you. Um, you know, Devontae Adams is a different cat, all right? Uh, and, you know, I know that uh, Derek Carr has played with some really good wide receivers uh, here with the Raiders during his time with the Raiders, and obviously you got to put Darren Waller in there as well, uh, although he's a tight end, and we know that. Uh, but the fact is, you haven't seen anybody like Devontae Adams, all right? So when people are talking about, well, Derek's had players, he's had, yeah, but he hasn't had this caliber of player, right? You can name me anybody, and Amari Cooper, no, they're not in the same class at all, at all. Uh, you can name some of the players that have been here, and it's no disrespect to anybody. It's just the fact that Devontae Adams is literally, could be arguably, if you want to call him the top wide receiver in the game right now, uh, he's certainly one of the top three wide receivers in the game. That's a weapon unlike anything that Derek Carr has ever had to deal with or has ha has the, had the uh, opportunity to deal with in the NFL. So this is what we're starting to talk about when, and like I said, that text from the NFL uh, executive, you win in this league by getting and paying great players. It's the only way. 
obviously you have to draft and develop great players and good players uh, and role players and all of that. But you win with star players, like impact players. Devontae Adams is that kind of a player. Chandler Jones is that kind of a player. Max Crosby is becoming one of those types of players. I think there's some young kids on that defense that are going to be, you know, if they're not game changers, they're going to be pretty damn good. I like Nate Hobbs. I think Trevon Morig is going to be a good, solid save. You win with players like that. I think Divine Diablo has a bright future. And those are great players to have around star players. And Chandler Jones and Max Crosby and Darren Waller and Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. And, you know, now you have a Josh Jacobs and a Kenyon Jake and a Hunter Renfro. Got a chance to, uh, uh, you know, uh, share some messages with, with, uh, with Hunter today. He is beyond excited, and I'm sure his day is coming uh, in terms of the pay here pretty soon and well-deserved. But you're talking about difference makers now, and that is what it's all about. And unfortunately, whether it was because the Raiders hadn't drafted very well, uh, that's been a problem, uh, being able to uh, accumulate and acquire players like that through the natural way, uh, through the draft, but also in free agency and in the trades and all that kind of stuff. Um, they're able to do that now, and they're not only able to do it, they want to do it. And there's some strong leadership that's emerging uh, from the building in Henderson, and it's a game changer. They're not going to sit on their hands. They're not going to be complacent. They're not going to let complacency define them. They're going to let boldness and decisiveness define them. I know that because I've been talking to people who are preaching and pledging that. It's a new day with the Raiders, and it's pretty cool to see. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line, Raider Gaz, or Goose, is in, uh, in Fresno is on the line. How you doing, Raider Gaz? What's up? What's hopefully, up, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, Raider Goose, but I appreciate it. Raider Goose. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, uh, on your uh, opening, opening skit, um, I wanted to you, you mentioned something about um, some, some fans not believing that we're going to be Devontae. I was one of those fans. Only because the past 10 years we kind of been brainwashed. All these first round draft picks are going to pan out, and 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 hoping that we're going to be these, these first round draft picks are going to be good. We, you know, we traded key players for first round draft. Uh, Al Davis, this was an Al Davis move. Al Davis would have made this move, but ever since Al passed, we've been kind of building draft picks, hoping these draft picks pan out, and and we'd be good. But it hasn't worked. And look at the Rams last year; they traded. The, the future, first five, the next five years of first-round draft picks, and look what they did. This is the type of move that sets the franchise ahead. And, and I, I'm, I'm proud that this franchise finally did that and said, let's win now and not three years from now, like uh, Gruden and Mayock did when they traded away our players. And, and we all knew that they were building for years to come, not now. Uh, now I see Ziggler and McDaniels. They're, they want to win now, and us fans, that's all we want. We don't want to wait another couple of years. We've been waiting for 20 damn years, you know. Let, let, let's win now and not, you know, in the future. Let, 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 let's do this, and I, I'm happy that they did this. Uh, and I, I, I agree with you, uh, Raider Goose, and I'll, I'll say this, though. Uh, and this goes back to the Rams, too. Uh, yes, there's one thing. They, they do trade for star players, and they do sign free agents. But also the foundation, and this will be the case with the Raiders, and kind of is right now when you think about it, and I'll explain, you still have to have a foundation of homegrown players. You can't just exclusively go out and trade for or sign free agents. That's a losing formula 
as well. It has to be a perfect marriage of the two concepts. And when you look at the Rams case and their situation, there's a bunch of homegrown, young, um, inexpensive players that they're able to utilize in and around those star players. Okay? So when you look at what John Gruden and Mike Mayock did, yes, they missed on some big decisions. There's no question about it. But gosh darn it, Colton Miller, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Trevon Morig, uh, Nate Hobbs, Trayvon Mullen, who I think still has a bright future. Um, you know, uh, uh, Derek Carr, not trading Derek Carr and working with Tra- Derek Carr and getting him to the point that he is right now. Those are the foundational pieces that you have to have. You can't just go out and make a trade for Devontae Adams with nothing else uh, in the locker room. And the fact that they were able to build a foundation that is going to be able to support you know, what they're, what they're also going to be adding to it is the key to the whole thing. And I give John and I give Mike a lot of credit for getting it to this point. But it's now time to take it even even higher. Uh, and that's what uh, the Raiders are doing. But, um, and, you know, they, they did take a page out of the Rams' uh, uh, textbook or playbook by trading a first and a second for a proven player in Devontae Adams. Trust me, I got some texts about that. Um, and uh, pretty funny uh, text about that, about what the what the Raiders just did and how it sort of mimicked what the Rams have been doing. But you look at what the Rams have done, and I guarantee you this is going to be the same case for the Raiders over the years. Even though the Rams have traded away first-round picks, since 2017, they've also made the second-most draft picks in the NFL. That's because of the comp picks that they get back. That's because of trading down to gather more. Uh, you know, uh, uh, draft picks. And, and if you have a confidence in your draft and development phase of your operation, which I know the Raiders do, you're going to be able to always replenish, always have guys in the pipeline, always have good, young, inexpensive talent that's going to be able to also enable you when the, when the iron is hot, like it was uh, this week, to go get a Chandler Jones, to go get a uh, Devontae Adams. So it's both concepts working together but the key now is the second part of that which is being able to go out and acquire high-priced good great players that's available now to the Raiders in a way that it wasn't always available to them in the past because they've got that future secured they've got that new stadium uh, they're, they're able to tap into the new revenue streams that that stadium provides and so they can add that element to it the hope is that there's that perfect marriage that creates and exists between the draft and development and also the boldness to go out and make big, decisive moves to win, not just today, but tomorrow and the day after that. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Leo is in Florida. How you doing, Leo? Do we have... Hey, hey, Vinny. Hey, Leo. How you doing, brother? What's, what's good? What's good, man? Hey, um, I don't know if you remember, but I called you a couple days ago and asked you the same question about Devontae Adams. And, and you said, of course, why well, you didn't think it was going to happen because the Packers had all the... Yes. All the, you said, never say never. And look, here we are, man. Um, man, I'm obviously extremely excited. If there's any fan base that deserves this right now, it's us, I believe. I'm sure every fan base would say the same. But um, what I wanted to say was, how about... How about McDaniel's second stint as head coach, man? You know, last time around, he shipped off his quarterback and receiver. And this time around, he's, you know, making the fan base happy rather than, you know, and they said he wasn't a people person. Um, you know, the future looks bright. You know, obviously, it's very early still, but 
but it seems like he's turned around, you know, the mistakes he may have made in the past, you know? so Yeah, I, I agree, Leo. Uh, great call. Um, you know, life is about learning and growing and maturing, and, and uh, you know, you make mistakes, it's going to happen. You're always, everyone makes mistakes, all right? Um, that's going to happen throughout the course of your life. The key is trying to learn from them and make sure you don't make the same mistake twice. And when I look at Josh McDaniels, it could end up, who knows, being the reverse Mike Shanahan. Remember, Mike Shanahan started his NFL coaching, head coaching career with the Raiders. It didn't work out. There were some issues in how he operated. I remember, um, you know, some of the stern waves that he brought and some of the kind of unbending, unyielding sort of waves that he brought. And it just didn't work out, all right, uh, with the Raiders. He learned from it. The next time he popped up as a head coach a few years later was with the Denver Broncos, and the rest is history. Can can history repeat itself now in reverse order? Josh McDaniels, you know, getting his coaching start with the Denver Broncos, it didn't work out for various reasons. He'd be the first to tell you. This is why I respect his approach so far. He's the first to tell you that was on me. There were things that I made that, that I didn't handle correctly. I knew football, the people part. Uh, I didn't know that as well. He's learned from that or at least has said, and a lot of the words and the conversations that I've had with him uh, out in Indianapolis kind of show that he has. If he can follow through with that pledge to put people first, football second, because the football part will always take care of itself. If you've got good players and he is a good coach, special things can happen. And so we'll see. But maybe we are looking at a reverse history uh, with with, uh, Josh McDaniels learning some hard lessons in Denver Uh, and then applying the lessons learned to the Raiders, kind of like Mike Shanahan did many, many years ago. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. We are live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel. There's college basketball, food, drinks, fans, betting, if that's what you like to do. Come on by. We're here at 6 o'clock, but trust me, this place is going to be happening all night long and all weekend long. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Raider fans are excited. So we had a, uh, a tweet from our good friend Cassie Soto. Uh, who uh, works over at the Las Vegas Review Journal and obviously uh, comes on to uh, Raider Nation Radio uh, quite often. But she was out at the uh, stadium, over at Allegiant Stadium, uh, talking to fans who had uh, come by the stadium to go to the Raider Image Store or just take a look at the stadium. And there are some happy, happy Raider fans, and rightfully so. There's some great moves that are happening. Uh, the, the, the Raiders are doing right by Las Vegas. They're doing right by Raider Nation. Um, they are taking advantage of their new place, um, their new future, their new stadium, and investing right back into this team, which is what the promise always was, uh, to try to win Super Bowls. And I'm going to say this. I think the Raiders are going to win a Super Bowl um, fairly soon. Um, that's my prediction. I see it. I feel it. Um, and we'll see. But here's the thing. The key to the whole thing is right now, today, March 18th, you can legitimately talk about your team as a Super Bowl contender. You look at the weapons that the Raiders had. Darren Waller and now Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake and Derek Carr, Foster Moreau, um, Brian Edwards. That's a lethal offense right there. 
And if you notice, too, the Raiders have been making a lot of moves on the running back front. And, you know, I get some questions like, what are they doing with the running backs? Well, A, they're going to create some competition. Maybe one of those guys becomes a trade uh, chip. We'll see how that all plays out. But it was interesting because I was looking at the height and weight and kind of profile of all the guys that they signed. And this is a very Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick kind of way of doing things. If you look at the Raiders running back room right now, they've covered all their bases from the big six foot three, 250 pound, 40, you know, 40 pound fullback to the five foot nine, 185 pound guy to everything in between. They've got speed, they've got uh, guys coming out of the backfield that can catch. They've got blockers. You need somebody to get you a couple of yards in the power game. They've done that. So you look at the at, at the Patriots, and, and I hate to keep bringing them up, but that's where all these guys came from, this new coaching staff uh, and front office predominantly. What? How many times have we heard some of the former Patriots that are now here with the Raiders talking about they find what you do and – accentuate it and take advantage of it so everybody has a role and you have all your bases covered because you know what at some point in a game at some point in the season you're going to need exactly that kind of a player right there to do exactly what you envision him doing when you got him there that's why i used to always hate moneyball or the uh the anti-bunt people in, in baseball i don't say use the bunt exclusively but dang it, you better have it in your toolbox because somewhere along the line, in a big game, sometimes in the playoffs, you're going to have to have somebody that can lay down a dang bunt successfully to move a run over or, or whatever it is that you need that bunt for. And if you don't have somebody that can do it, you're just, why wouldn't you? You're taking a, a valuable tool and just throwing it away. That's why when you look at the Raiders running back room, every base is covered right now. I don't expect all of them to make the team, but whatever role they need a running back for in any specific situation, they've got the darn thing covered right now. Raider Mac is on the line. How you doing, Raider Mac? So excited. I've been a Raider fan for over 40-some years, man, and this has got to be the best one of the uh, yesterday and the last couple of days from the best. I've ever felt about about my team. Hey, but one quick, one thing I don't like is that the the media. I know you, I I think we're a Super Bowl contender, but you know what? They're not even putting us in the they're not even putting us in the, in in the same category as all these other quarterbacks that just signed with other teams. So they they we're like behind. So I don't know what what's going on. But, You're, hey, you know what? We just go, just win, baby, like Al said. Just win. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, and, and, you know, you look at, yeah, you know, it's hard to say who's the best team right now or, you know, people are still talking about the Raiders as the fourth best team in their division. I don't know. It's going to come down to the football field. It's going to come down to all the things that games always come down to. But here's the thing. What it's not going to come down to, not in the Raiders' case, it's not going to come down to a talent deficiency. Obviously, everybody's got to stay healthy, right? Um, that's going to be the key to the whole thing, or part of the key to the whole thing is, is you know, good health and keeping guys on the field. Uh, and, you know, if, you, if, if there are guys that are, that are, that are hurt and that's going to happen, you know, having depth to replace them. But aside from the obvious stuff like injuries, Games, you know, you got to have the talent. You just have to have the talent. And when you look at the Raiders right now, they may win, they may lose. 
case might be, but it's not going to be because it's not going to be because they didn't have enough talent to go compete. They have more than enough talent to go compete for any goal, any objective that you put out there for them. When it comes right down to it on Sundays and Thursdays, that three-hour window that the Raiders are going to play, they're going to be able to look whoever they play straight up in the eye and say, we've got just as many talented players as you. Now let's go play a football game and let football decide what's going to happen. Not talent, not because, oh, my gosh, we don't have anywhere near the talent to go compete with those guys. We're going to need good luck. We're going to need uh, them to play uh, a B-minus game or a C game. Uh, and we're going to have to play the best game of our life. But all that stuff that sometimes teams have to deal with, that's no longer the case. The Raiders are going to be able to compete and look eye to eye with anybody they take the field with. When I say anybody, I mean anybody. Big Jose in San Jose. What is up, my man? Big Jose. I'm on the, I'm on the 14 going to the Sabobo uh, Casino and Resorts to have a weekend of golf. And then I'm going to be in San Diego on an Airbnb in Coronado Island all week for work. How's that for living? Oh, huh? my brother. Oh, you, San Diego. Now you're talking, my man. I love San Diego. Well, have so fun. Now, Be well, safe. Yeah, so I wanted to call in and just say that, you know, I am that caller that guy was talking about. And I have an MBA. I understand streams of revenue. I understand opportunity costs and economies of scale. Okay, I get it. And I understand that we need a new revenue stream to be able to get these players and sign them for the, to make financial sense. Just like what happened with the A's and the Giants and that whole territorial issue stuff. I get it. My only complaint was, yes, Oakland had turned into a dump, but it was our dump. And if you'd never been there, I just didn't like people laughing that never been there, the disrespect in their tone towards that place. I've been to Allegiant. I love it. It's a beautiful new stadium. I hope to create the memories there. You know, but I was just thinking about waxing poetic or the, 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 the images of days gone by with Casper and Stabler and all those guys. Hendricks at the Coliseum, and that's the only point I was trying to make. But oh, again, yeah, I totally get you, brother. Yeah. Oh, I, I think we lost uh, Big Jose, um, and I and I totally I totally understand. Here's you know what? Here's how I'll uh, explain it. The Lakers in Showtime era, that was at the Fabulous Forum, baby, right in Inglewood, where the Ra- right across the street from where the Rams and Chargers now play. Right across the street was the Fabulous Forum. And the Lakers won many championships there. I sat courtside working for games. Magic Johnson, Kareem, you know, uh, you could go on and on and on and on. All right. Then they moved to Staples Center, a completely different world for them. Downtown Los Angeles. And guess what? They made tremendous and have made tremendous memories there as well. The memories of Oakland and of the wins and the Super Bowls and everything that was created and achieved in Oakland – it's never going away. It'll always be part of their history, a great part of their history. You can always call it up on YouTube. You want to watch full games of the Raiders against the Steelers or the Chargers, go to YouTube. It'll always be there. It's never going anywhere. It's permanently etched in everybody's memory bank and throughout history. But it's just a new chapter, just like, you know, I know it was L.A., but it was still a completely different world going from the Forum to the Staples Center. 
It's just that's that's what it is. And so we respect and appreciate the Oakland history, the L.A. history. But it had to happen. This had to happen. Whether it was Oakland or Las Vegas or Los Angeles, this had to happen for the Raiders to be able to do what they're doing now. You're in the huddle of Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel. we got games going on. All Wow, Arizona, 30-17 over Wright State. Arizona doing some Arizona things. We'll check you out in just a little bit.